Hello and welcome to Reformed Podmatics, a weekly podcast hosted by Pastor Mark Van Dyke and Pastor Zach Dewey of Almond Valley Christian Reformed Church in Ripon, California. This podcast exists to promote the vibrant, biblical, and historically informed face of Reformed theology, both in our context and beyond. Welcome to Reform Podmatics. I am Pastor Mark. And I'm Pastor Zach. And we thank you for joining us for another episode here on this uh, this podcast that is continuing. And as it continues to take shape, um, one thing that we continually are going to be coming back to is life in the Christian Reformed Church in North America. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe before we even get started with the topic today, um, hopefully you can notice that our audio quality is improved <laughs> since last week. Yes. Um, we have heard some some feedback that it was, it was pretty poor, and we were actually even aware of that before we posted the last episode. And so I've purchased some new equipment, and um, hopefully that will iron out the... Uh, uh, the issues that we've been facing for audio quality, and this can this can yeah. be a, a more enjoyable experience for the listener. Yeah, no more scratchiness, no more uh, volumes going up and down <laughs> yeah. throughout the episodes. It should be quite stable yeah. from here on out. That, that's what we're hoping for, and so thank you for bearing with us, and um, we hope that we don't have any issues in the future. And and so today we're going to be ca- talking about this topic of gracious separation in the CRCNA. And mm-hmm. some people might wonder what that is referring to, especially if you're not keeping your ear to the ground in denominational matters. That might be a term that is not very familiar to you. What would it mean that gracious separation is happening in the Christian Reformed Church? And so to explain the term, uh, we need to give a little background, a little bit of history. Yep. Um, if you listen to the podcast, you're probably generally aware that in the Christian Reformed Church, there was a very consequential synod this past June, of which Pastor Zach was a delegate from Classes Central California. And at Synod 2022, the, there was um, a resounding approval of what is called the Human Sexuality Report. That's actually just the short term. Um, The HSR is an even shorter way of referring to it. And the Sexuality Report held to what is commonly referred to as a biblical, uh, traditional position on human sexuality, particularly um, noting that homosexual activity is sinful and um, should be repented of and that the church will not be um, ordaining active homosexuals or, uh, or participating um, in the weddings, partici- uh, officiating weddings of, uh, of two men or two women. And so uh, that was, again, resoundingly confirmed by about a 70-30 percentage at um, the denominational level. And so in the wake of the decision of Synod 2022, there have been a lot of people who have been struggling with how to move forward in the Christian Reformed Church. This would include pastors, it would include whole churches, uh, definitely members of churches who disagree with what was decided, um, who are open to um, approving of same-sex unions, same-sex relationships. And so this question has come, well, what should they do now? And it's a huge question. It's actually a question we haven't really gotten into all that much here on the podcast. But um, one of the proposals is um, really offered to us thanks to a sister 
denomination, the Reformed Church in America, and they have developed this term of gracious separation from the denomination. And um, explaining a little bit of their history, they, they went kind of the other direction as a denomination where they said yeah. this is going to be a local matter where a congregation or even a whole classis can approve of same-sex unions, officiate gay weddings, and so forth. And so churches that cannot abide by that theology um, are encouraged, uh, maybe not encouraged, but are, are permitted to separate from the RCA towards some other denominational options. And um, the term gracious is added to that because um, there's a real desire that people aren't just getting drugged through the mud or all, having all kinds of lawsuits between individuals and churches, between churches and classes, between churches and a denomination, but that there would be a tone of graciousness in the separation process. Yeah, there's a long history in the in the RCA now, at least long in the last few years, as this, this has all been sort of panning out. Yeah. Um, but looking to other denominations as well, and as somebody who comes to the CRC from the outside, I have a little bit of a, an experience in other denominations, uh, including... The United Methodist Church. Um, that's way back in my, my my own history, and then even being in the Episcopal Church for a while while in seminary, um, I've, I've seen how these sorts of things play out. The, the The story of the Episcopal Church is actually really it looms large in my mind. Mm -hmm. uh, that has not been a gracious separation uh, for the most part. Churches that have left the Episcopal Church and joining the uh, sort of conservative, you could say, uh, wing known as the Anglican Church in North America, the ACNA. Uh, generally, those churches have been, uh, lit there's been lawsuits, there's been litigation and getting buildings back, and it's been uh, sort of knocked down, drag out fights for buildings, and most of the Anglican or the ACNA churches have not won those lawsuits. Their buildings have been stripped from them. Mm. They've been forced to meet in small office buildings or in people's homes or in uh, school buildings, like school theaters or whatever it may be. And so it's been quite a, an ugly situation. There's been lots of wrangling over money going to uh, the courts, and yeah. it's not been good for really anyone involved. It's made everybody quite upset and angry. There's a lot of bad blood because of it between the two. And so the RCA, at least I think there was wisdom and saying, well, if we're going to split, let's do so amicably. Mm. Um, and that's kind of the question before the CRC then as well, as Mark has pointed out. Uh, there's a question of where are we going now? What, mm -hmm. what will happen? Um, and as he pointed out, this is happening especially for, for pastors. We've heard of pastors recently who are considering uh, trying to see if they can switch their, their ordination to actually to the RCA, mm -hmm. leaving the CRC, and whether or not this would be done amicably. And apparently, from some stories we've heard, uh, there's been some pushback on this, um, and making it difficult for pastors to up and leave. And so this is a, this is a really, well, this is a live question, yeah. we could say, yeah. and something that we are hoping, obviously, to speak to today. I'd say of any episodes that we've recorded recently, this would be one that somebody who um, kind of is outside of our uh, theologically conservative circle might, might tune in for. 
Um, and uh, and so we want to fairly represent both sides of this conversation. Um, hmm. and, and as we think about gracious separation and what that might look like, uh, firstly, it's interesting to notice that it's a different kind of separation than, than uh, what you listed in the others because the people who would be leaving would be those in favor of same-sex unions, whereas in all the other cases that I can think of, um, it's because a denomination has has gone a progressive, uh, theologically that's, liberal that's route, true. and so it's the theologically conservative, traditional people who would be seeking to leave. Now, in the CRC, that's actually the opposite case, um, which is could make for some interesting situations. Another um, wrinkle in the conversation is that the institutions of the CRC are, um, i got to think of the right word, uh, are... Are signif there is a significant proportion of the institutional leadership of the CRC that is against what was decided at Synod. And so yeah. thinking here of particularly Calvin University. Mm -hmm. um, and um, Or the denominational offices. The denominational offices. Uh, I, I don't know exactly who that would be by name. We don't name. know the count. Right. But at yeah. the same time, you get the sense <laughs> that there is much angst in yeah. denominational offices and obviously we know that there is at Kelvin University as well. And so there's this question of what happens with the institutions as separations maybe start to occur. Um, an interesting factor there is that it is generally those who um, are more progressive on this issue who do think more institutionally. Yeah. So for example, here we are in Ripon, California, um, to my knowledge, uh, maybe one student from Ripon Christian has gone to Calvin University in the last six years. I think I, I not many. That might that, there might be one or two or three who have gone to Calvin from Ripon, um, whereas there are usually six or seven who go to Dort every year. Yeah, and so um, this. Uh, that's sort of the reality. That's uh, maybe a little bit of a an anecdote or a summary, a snapshot of where we are at in terms of the official denominational institutions, mm -hmm. um, and and so it, it makes for some interesting conversations of what will happen there when these separations start to occur. But but one thing that I, I do want to uh, want to note is um, there there's a real difference in my mind between organizational separation and um, spiritual separation, you might say. So I, I would say that um, we, we are often proposed two scenarios here, and I want to reject both. Um, one scenario is that there is organizational separation in the CRC, and people just uh, make it amicable, make it nice, which is, is a good desire to mm -hmm. be amicable towards one another. But in doing so, they fail to call to repentance. Call people to account. Right. And, and so they, they yeah. fail to say the truth about the word of God. That is that those who would teach against the scripture's teaching on um, sexuality are false teachers. And so they would be called to repentance. Um, while at the same time, we need to recognize that it would be a move of, of integrity for such a person to depart from the denomination because this is our position. And so um, yeah. that one, one side is to just sort of pat somebody on the back and say, well, go on your way. We're, we're, gonna, we're just gracious separation. We're going to bless you as you go. And to me, that's dishonest because yeah. we need to call those 
those false teachers to repentance so that they might remain. We, we want them to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, we want people to stay in the CRC and to believe what the Bible says and what the Holy Catholic Church has taught about marriage for generations upon generations. Um, the other um, error that I think we want to avoid is just dragging people through um, a lot of misery Mm-hmm. And um, and not recognizing that it could be a move of integrity for a minister to say, I'm against the HSR. Realistically speaking, I'm not going to come on board with this, and so I'm going to I'm going to go on my way. Um, and so we yeah. would want to permit or enable such a person to move on um, without making their life miserable. Yeah. Th- so we've talked a lot on this show about the double ditch road. Yeah. And here again, we see yet another double ditch um, on the road here that we're trying to navigate um, between, yeah, being overly friendly and passive mm-hmm. or being overly aggressive. Um, and a lot of this is really interesting because the Bible paints a pretty strong portrait of dealing with false teachers. Uh, we, we, we ought not to just let them go. I think in our mm-hmm. denominational world today, it's very easy for us to, within our denominational walls, to care not very much about other denominations and what's going on in other denominations. Maybe it's interesting to sort of peer over the fence, as it were, and say, hmm, what's going on over there? Yeah. Not that we have any personal investment at all. And I think that that's that's one of the the weaknesses of denomination, denominationalism uh, as a phenomenon mm-hmm. is that we we don't call other Christians to account and so this happens if we were to just allow for purely gracious separation um, and we just say hey if you want to go realign with a different denomination have at it be yeah. my guest just go do it yeah um, and some some conservatives I get the sense are even happy about this about like mm. yes like get out we're kicking you out you're done you're not going to continue to preach in our churches yeah your We've problem won. I don't have to deal with anymore yeah. almost yeah yeah and I, I don't think that this is a victory for conservatives if if in our case in the CRC as you pointed out it's unique because as of right now, Senate 2022 and, and the denomination in general seems to be taking the traditional side. And that, of course, in our perspective, is a good thing. Uh, it wouldn't be a victory. It's not to be seen as a victory for the quote-unquote progressives to just all leave now en masse. Mm-hmm. Um, some people may get gleeful and happy and giddy about this as if we have done something great mm-hmm. in our denomination. Uh I think it it ought to be actually a time for lament, a time for sadness in our denomination, realizing that this is where we are as a denomination. It has come to this as a denomination. And even 70-30, that was about the split of synod. That's not exactly a a great thing. Mm -hmm. And the fact that people may be leaving our denomination over this uh, is is lamentable. It's regrettable. Yeah. It's not a victory. It, it should make us feel uh, deeply sad over the division that is in, at, that's taking place inside the body of Christ. And so uh, I should also say the Bible doesn't allow for just graciously separating with false teachers. Yeah. Uh, there, there is a call to account that needs to be, to be had. Um, and so 
while I'm f- I'm for, I think as we would agree, Mark, I'm for uh, not getting into the litigation, not not bickering over buildings. Uh, I am also for not just shaking hands and departing and going a different direction. Yeah. Um, and I think this leads us to questions of what the Bible teaches. <coughs> We can think of, I, th- I, I think, the story from Acts chapter 15, uh, mm-hmm. where we see the division or the separation between Paul and Barnabas. Um, and people may bring this up yeah. as an example of gracious separation. Mm-hmm. Paul and Barnabas, they were sort of a dynamic duo in the first uh, missionary journey of the Apostle Paul, uh, but after the council of Acts chapter 15, they really decided to split ways and that they disagree over the reliability of John Mark. Uh, and so this comes to a sharp disagreement, we're told, in Acts chapter 15, verse 39. And we're, said that we're told that they separated from each other. And so they went on their different routes, their different journeys in their missionary lives. And mm-hmm. Paul and Barnabas are no longer seen as a as a duo, uh, we follow the story of Paul and Barnabas, uh, pretty much fades from view for the rest of the book. Um, do you think Mark, that this is a mm. similar, similar situation and why or why not to the CRC? It seems that, um, well, there's always theology at play with these practical sorts of issues. So Paul has a theology of ministry that disqualifies John Mark from continuing in ministry. Hmm. And so uh, Barnabas has a theology of ministry that seeks to restore John Mark to ministry because what has happened is John Mark, there's not much description, but it seems like he's deserted them kind of halfway through yeah. one of their journeys. And, um, and Paul says, that means he's unreliable, so he can't join us. Mm-hmm. Barnabas says, no, let's give him, give him another shot. Yeah. Um, now... I do think it's important to draw a distinction between practice or between um, best practices, we can think, and between um, an understanding of uh, the Word of God, hermeneutics, um, how, how we read Scripture, how we understand the nature of God, the nature of repentance and Christian salvation. Um, it does not seem as though John Mark is erring in his hermeneutics and his um, understanding of Scripture or in what it, what it means to repent and, and believe the gospel and, and live a, a Christian life of faithfulness to the Lord. Um, it seems to be more of a practical issue. And, and so it, it says there was a sharp disagreement. And so this is a passionate um, disagreement that Paul and Barnabas were having. But I see it as a practical matter far more than it is a, a core spiritual um, tenet or a dogma that's being challenged by uh, Barnabas, hmm. and then Paul just can't, can't um, go along with it. So I, I, I think it's apples and oranges, uh, to use the cliche, um, to say that there's the Paul and Barnabas separation, and then there's also people who want to just separate amicably from the CRC um, no, I think that the separation that would be happening in the CRC is a a, a core theological uh, matter, and uh, it has to do with how we read Scripture. It has to do with what repentance means, with what the Christian is called to. Um, I know that people who would desire to separate mm. would disagree with, with me as I'm saying those things, but I think at, on the floor of Synod, uh, there were two different understandings of um, 
of the Christian life. Um, yeah. And um, that was quite clear to me as yeah. a delegate. And, and not o- not only um, not only that, but people were recognizing that the like what your comment on the floor of synod was that the other is doing harm to the uh, by their theology. Yeah. Um, and so. I think we can recognize that this is a different perspective on what the Christian life should look like, what repentance, what faith, what, um, what holiness. The, gosp- the meaning of the gospel, um, what holiness means. Um, Things get totally redefined. Yeah. And, and you're right. As I was sitting there on the floor, I remember just being really, I was clear. I had court sort of been clear, but it became very, very clear and undeniable that, I think there's two religions here. I think there's two totally different faiths here. There's two totally different understandings of what the gospel means, what Christian freedom means. Um, Is it freedom to, or is it freedom from, or is it in some ways both? Hmm. Repentance typically meant for conservatives repenting from things that are traditionally known as sin, whereas repentance meant for progressives, uh, repenting from hateful, harmful mindsets that hurt others, meaning that we We readjust our our views and our theology on issues of sexuality so that we repent from having those harmful conservative views and we become uh, those who love and encourage and affirm and that that was a helpful Christian thing to do. And so it's, it was just really clear in all these different ways how what was happening was there was a rift being revealed. Yeah. Uh, Synod 2022 did not create that rift. That rift was present. Synod 2022 exposed it. It yeah. was very apocalyptic in that sense. <laughs> yeah. uh, we, we saw, I think everybody saw who was there, despite our common history as the Christian Reformed Church, despite our common confessions, and that was also, of course, in in debate, um, but despite our common institutional sort of history and having Calvin University, and there was a lot of people who knew each other from seminary or from college, I was totally an outsider, but <laughs> I, despite all of those things that sort of gave us superficial commonality, there were really deep divides over all of the core parts of the Christian faith, really. And maybe some people may think I'm blowing this out of proportion, um, and that's that's fair, but for me, I became quite certain that that was being revealed. And so I think it's very different than the Paul and Barnabas situation, where, as you point out, it's a practical matter over what, what would be the best practice for them as they go out back into the mission field uh, to the Gentile regions. Would it be good to take someone who, uh, according to Paul, deserted them while they were uh, on their work in Pamphylia, or should they restore him and keep keep uh, keep with him? Um, that's not a matter of the gospel, I don't think, in any, in any clear way. Um, it's just a matter of what would be the best practice. And so I don't think we can use the Paul and Barnabas situation here in the life of the CRC when we think about the separation that may take place, and Mm -hmm. I think maybe even we could say inevitably will take place one way or the other. Uh, I think there's been a rift exposed, and it's 
far deep enough for for something important and pivotal to happen in the life of our denomination. Well, and uh, th those are all really, really helpful thoughts, I think, um, especially to hear your perspective as one who was at Synod. Um, watching Synod from afar, I was really struck by, I mean, maybe we don't want to go too far down the road of, of reviewing what, <laughs> Syn what happened at Synod, but it is definitely pertinent to this conversation. I was really struck by all the, the comments um, against the HSR that were really made from the grounds of these people deserve to be in the CRC. You know, mm -hmm. they grew up in the CRC. They, they went church. to Calvin. They, it's their church. And so they deserve yeah. to be members of the CRC. And so to make this, 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 uh, this proclamation of what is called sin, we're going to, um, um, we're going to be challenging people to, to repent or, um, um, or not to remain in good standing in the CRC. Yeah. And, and, that to me is was was really interesting. Um, almost as if people deserve God's grace, deserve to mm. be a member of a church that they deserve because of the family they were born in or the relationships that they have to be a, a member of the Holy Catholic Church, the, what Bavink calls the Invisible Church. Um, that's I don't deserve to be in the CRC. Yeah, I don't deserve to be in the family of God. I do not deserve it. I, I was born. I'm like. As far back as my lineage goes, I am Christian Reformed. Um, yeah. Growing up, all of my aunts and uncles and, and my cousins were, were from the CRC. Um, so what Paul says, I'm a, I'm a CRC among CRCers. You know? uh, he says I'm a Hebrew among Hebrews. And, and so that's, that, is, that does describe me. All of my ancestors, all of my wife's ancestors would be Christian Reformed. Yeah, and if I, that's the case, I'm an outsider. I'm yeah. not Dutch. And I don't you have don't any deserve, CRC, yeah. so I don't deserve it. And, 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 and so, and no, neither do the, the Navajo Indians. Neither do the Latinos the Koreans, and our, yeah. the Koreans. Right. They, they don't. They don't. They're not really CRC deep down. If this is how we think. Yeah, and then that, we might think that way. That came through very powerfully in the comments yeah. that Synod was. I grew up here. I you know went to Calvin or whatever. I don't know if people said that particularly, but that's. Definitely, I think, in the uh, sort of institutional identity of what it means yeah. to be Christian Reformed. And so, therefore, I deserve to always be um, kind of a, a part of this church by nature of who I am and where I come from. Yeah. Um, again, that is representing a radically different understanding of what it means to be a Christian, mm -hmm. what it means to be in the Christian Reformed Church. It's almost um, more of like an Old Covenant Jewish, like I'm, I'm circumcised and I grew up Jewish. I'm in part of this community, so yep. I just am. I'm a part of it, and you can't take that from me. Uh, yeah. So no, that's not how being CRC is. And, and if, we, if we turn things around, and if we were to say the vote would have gone the other way, um, my response to if the HSR was not approved I can say with complete integrity and honesty would not have been, hey, I deserve to be in this Christian Reformed Church, and I deserve for it to go the way I want it to go, and I deserve for mm -hmm. um, my church member. to remain in the Christian Reformed. It's like, yeah. no, there would be an awareness. I, I'm not really connected to what this denomination is, and so I need to have some decisions to make. Yeah. Um, and so that that's kind of where this conversation is coming from, is to me some alarming theology that was presented. I grew up in the CRC. All my friends are, um, you know, in West Michigan or whatever. Yeah. And, and so therefore, 
you're ruining you're, you're ruining what I deserve or, or sort of almost my inheritance almost you might say um, yeah that comes through a good bit in some of the all one body videos as well yeah yeah that sort of thinking and so anyways um, what what do we want to happen as a result of this conversation we want and hope for repentance for false teachers um, yeah. we really hope that those who are considering leaving because of difficulty with the human sexuality report would see the value of it, the love in it, um, that they would see that it is a, a reflection of what the scriptures teach on human sexuality, um, not comprehensively, but in, in a way that is sufficient for, um, for our day and for what the, the task of the committee was. And yeah. um, do they touch on every sin that we could imagine? No, they don't, because they yeah. weren't tasked to do that. Um, do they deal with every pastoral situation that could arise in the course of their report? Um, no, they don't deal with every situation either, but they did listen to many people who were same-sex attracted, who um, are outside yeah. and inside the Christian Reformed Church. They did good work, and uh, we would hope that people would see that, that they would embrace the the theology of the scriptures and of the Holy Catholic Church reflected in the HSR and that they would remain in the CRC. Um, but if that is not going to happen, um, it's not really our job or the job of a classis or the denomination to, um, to put up all kinds of barriers in their way to litigate, to cause um, all kinds of misery to somebody who is going to be on their way out. Um, you know, I... That sounds easy for us to say. I do think it does get really complicated in particular scenarios. Like I can imagine mm -hmm. a church that's divided on this issue, and maybe the church is starting to say, well, we need to start thinking about leaving the Christian Reformed Church, and what if there are 40% of the people of that church who agree with the HSR? Yeah. Should that church remain in the Christian Reformed Church? And um, that 40% is so-and-so Christian Reformed Church of you know this city, um, and then the other 60% are, are gone, or how does that look? Um, yeah. Obviously, that is going to require a lot of wisdom. Yeah, we can't um, give a blanket statement right. in this episode yeah. on how to do that. But That's at the same time, and, and we are encouraging uh, a, a desire for peace, you know, a, a desire that people would, would get along and that we would represent Christ. As Paul says, when believers sue one another, um, it... It, it does damage the name of Christ that, that we can't get along and um, that we're holding on to money and things and property and, and all of those things um, more so. It, it almost as if those things become more important than the gospel itself. But whenever I hear hmm. about these sad stories of um, other denominations where there's, there's some property and some you know, sought-after town uh, that's really worth a lot of money, I'm, I'm just like, give it away. Who cares? Yeah. Honestly. It doesn't yeah. matter in, in terms of the, the spread of the gospel and uh, the name of Christ being exalted. Um, just just give it, you yeah. know. Um, That's why I commend the Anglicans who left knowing that their buildings were, yeah, were gone. Right. These beautiful historic buildings which their kids have been baptized in, maybe they got married in. A lot of them just said, it's not worth it to us. We want to be true to the gospel. Right. And I, I respect that and admire that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's an integrity move, I think. So um, so hopefully people could understand the, the place we're coming from, that this is a matter of seriousness. It's a matter of truth and error, of, of pure teaching and false teaching. Um, it, Titus 1 verse 9 says that 
the the overseer the elder must hold fast to the faithful word which is in accordance with the teaching that he may be able to both exhort in sound doctrine and refute those who contradict it and that's the call of the pastor yeah and so unfortunately there are ministers who who are not doing that right now in the christian and they Reformed are Church. contradicting it and so yep. it's our calling to refute them and correct them yeah titus goes on a few chapter yeah a few chapters later chapter three to say as for a person who stirs up division after warning him once and then twice have nothing more to do with them and here i think it's quite clear that he has in view the idea of excommunication a dark scary word that we're mm. we are uh, afraid many times to use in our world um but the idea in, in just two of these verses that we've read is that correction must be done. Yeah. Um, it's not being true to Christ and to the gospel for us to just happily high five those who are on the on their way out, who are wanting to leave the CRC. Commendable and, res- and honorable though it is to to have integrity like that and to see that. This is maybe not the place for them anymore, given that their convictions on these issues. Uh, it's also not right for us to just high five them and say, "Hey, carry on." Uh, I think that there there should be uh, some sort of backbone here that our church has mm-hmm. in in saying we think that you are in genuine sin, and we don't we don't want to lord that over people or or mm-hmm. make our, ourselves feel good and them, them feel horrible. Uh, it's something that is very, very serious. Uh, we think that, that this gets to the core of the gospel and that people who not only are okay with same-sex practice, but who are affirming and encouraging of it, uh, something should be done. This, this yeah. is... Even if they were to join another denomination, that's not a, a good thing for the state of the church yeah. globally um, and eternally. Um, this is this is part of the problem, I think. As I said earlier, with denominationalism, uh, there's a sort of idea of you know, you do you, we're going to keep doing us, we're going to be our denomination, but we can't have any cross-denominational accountability. Hmm. And I think that that is a weakness uh, of the denominational system as it exists on the ground. Um, there's a lot more to say on this. Yeah. We've had a, we have an episode on why we are part of a denomination. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't think denominations are de facto in error or mm-hmm. problematic, but there are weaknesses to the system, um, especially when there is no holding each other to account. Um, anybody who claims the name of Christ has a responsibility uh, to Christ's reputation globally uh, to seek to be true to it. And this means that if someone who also claims the name of Christ is acting out of step, uh, then something must be done. So I don't, I'm not giving anything super concrete here. I realize this episode is not maybe the most concrete episode. What are the steps that the CRC should take in reprimanding and correcting ministers who are uh, teaching false doctrine? Uh, I guess, if anything, it's just a plea that we don't just paper over the cracks Mm -hmm. um, as a denomination. And this will sound sanctimonious, I'm sure, to some. Uh, and it will be laughable to many. Uh, but I think if things were turned on its head, 
if the progressives uh, had gotten Synod 2022 to go their way, it would be a matter of integrity for them to seek repentance on the part of conservatives. And if they really believe that their views were true, yeah. they wouldn't want us to just go our own way. They would want us to change. They would our want us to minds. change our yeah. commitments. Yeah. And that would be the only right thing for them to do if their views are true, and if they really believed their views are true. And even still, they there are progressives who I'm sure want us to change our views, uh, and we want them to change their views. This whole conversation then is not going to be over even if we just graciously separate. It will continue. And so we need to take the long view beyond mm -hmm. just what happens to the CRC what happens in the, the church Catholic uh, for the decades, generations, centuries to come? That is something we will need to keep considering. Yeah, there's no easy answer. Um, it may seem like gracious separation presents us with an easy path forward, but... It, um, it reduces the chaos. Yeah, it does. <laughs> but It makes things quieter for a time. But uh, as you can tell from the episode, Zach and I are convinced that uh, we do, we desire restoration. Um, we desire for um, pure teaching from the pulpits of the Christian Reformed Church. And so um, um, if, if that is not happening, we want to be realistic about that. And if that is not going to happen for some ministers and some churches, then certainly it is realistic to say that they need to go their own way. Mm -hmm. um, but we're not going to pretend mm -hmm. like that's just a good thing and that's just problem solved. Um, unfortunately, um, I think that that is kind of how things have been presented, or even that a gravamina is just, oh, okay, I just I submitted this gravamina, this means that I have a confessional difficulty, problem solved, let's just, it's like, no, we're, we're talking about matters of significant hermeneutics here, and that is disingenuous just to say there's this, there's this one issue, um, yeah, you know, I, <laughs> that's a whole other conversation on gravamina, but um, yeah. but I think it's very related to this one and saying there's there's no easy, quick little file that we can just put a paper in and then all of a sudden we can just live together harmoniously again. Um, what what we desire is um, is that people would correct us in our error, and so yeah. that we could grow in in Christ likeness, that we could grow in the purity of our teaching. Um, and uh, we also desire to, to fulfill the mandate of the scriptures for us as ministers to um, exhort in sound doctrine and refute those who contradict it, um, and not just to pretend that we can um, go separate ways um, and sort of be happy. Uh, we, we, we really are hoping that if any person is listening to this who is opposed to the HSR, they're, they're settled on it, they know that, same-sex unions could be blessed by God, or they're convinced of that. Um, we, we do hope that, that you will believe the teaching of the Scriptures, and that you will believe the teaching of the Holy Catholic Church throughout the generations, and that you would repent and turn from uh, false theology, false teaching, to the better way, that is, um, the way that God describes in His Word. Yeah, so this is a heavy episode, uh, considering... Uh, the, the trajectory, the possibilities of where our denomination may head. Um, and I hope that anyone who's listening from the conservative side yeah. 
may also walk away with a sense of maybe being corrected. I think there is a little bit of gleefulness. I suspect that there may be that finally all the progressives are going to be leaving and we're going to become a pure denomination. That that may be nice in some ways. <laughs> it may, as I said, make mm. things less chaotic, less divisive. We could actually maybe work at, you know, being uh, on mission as the, the Christian Reformed Church instead of having to have all of these in-house discussions and debates. But that shouldn't be seen as a victory. Um, it should be seen as a very sad reality that it, that it came to that. Um, a true victory would be Christ's church being united, not just mm -hmm. institutionally, but in one mind, in one spirit. Uh, because right now, I, I think that there's a serious amount of division, and we would love to see reconciliation, repentance, restoration, and we would love to see the witness of the gospel being clearer than ever in the CRC. Uh, and so there's, I think this is an episode where at least I am advocating that we take some time to sober up our, yeah. ourselves yeah. and to make sure that we're not excited about what may happen with people leaving the denomination um yeah those are just some of my general yeah. thoughts and how i feel about everything and and if that separation does happen um it isn't our job to get in the way as kind of crusaders who are just going to try to hold on to every institution every yeah. church um every um you know uh, ordination or, or um, every minister yeah, we're um, not going for punitive right, action yeah, here. Yeah, to get a pound of flesh out of these these people. No, um, we we desire to 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 love to love our neighbor and calling to repentance. But if that repentance doesn't happen, to love our neighbor by being realistic and um, um, allowing people to go on their way. Yeah. So. Uh, so thank you for listening. Uh, this will be an interesting one if anybody has any thoughts <laughs> to share. Um, yeah. um, we never give this out, I guess, but uh, our, our email addresses are, are pretty straightforward. You can email <laughs> either of us. Mine is pastormark at almondvalley.org, and yours is zach at almondvalley.org. No, it's Z. Dewey. Okay, Z. Dewey, right. So at, first initial, last name at almondvalley.org. Right, and so... Um, yeah, uh, email or um, if you enjoyed the episode, like and subscribe and perhaps spread the word, especially if you know of churches that are thinking of separating or maybe are embroiled in this conversation hmm. in, in classes and, and you can perhaps see a little bit of um, uh, animosity developing from one direction or the other. Um, hopefully this is going to be a helpful corrective in um, in the path that we take. So thank you for listening, everyone, and have a good rest of your week. Yep, grace and peace, you guys.